It was so hot. The grass had turned to straw right there in the ground the day I opened my door to the woman who tried to kill me. Of course, I didn't know that was what she was there for then. I just wished I'd cleaned my teeth after I'd got back from Tom's, because when I opened my mouth to say hello and welcome her to the village, I could tell from her half-raised eyebrow and the way her lips turned down at the corners that she could smell the alcohol on my breath. I wondered later if that was when she got the idea about the wine bottle, but I suppose there's no way of telling. I'd returned from the Gables an hour or so before. The visit hadn't been a success, though I only had myself to blame for that. I'd gone to ask Tom's advice, but I hadn't managed to get to the point. That's what happens when you don't want to tell people the truth. You spend so much time testing possible reactions in your head, filtering out anything that might take the conversation in the direction you don't want it to go, that all of a sudden you find you've been there for 20 minutes and the other person is halfway into a story about Cynthia in the post office and her attitude to undelivered mail. And it's too late to do anything but nod along and pretend you were just dropping by for a chat. Time's up. Ding, ding. So I'd sat there, humming in the right places, and every so often passing a surreptitious dog treat under the table to Ferdy, Tom's cairn terrier. And just as I was thinking I should leave and let him get back to work, Tom, that is, not Ferdy, there was a scrunch of gravel and a ripple of laughter at the open door, and Maggie and Rebecca were bustling in. I took in their lycra leggings and rolled up mats and told myself I didn't mind that they hadn't invited me to yoga or Pilates, or however they'd been spending their morning. They'd both lived in the village for years, after all. I couldn't expect to be included in all their routines right away. As if she'd read my mind, Maggie installed herself on the bench next to me and gave my arm a reassuring squeeze. Wonderful that you're here, Lucy. Saves us another visit. You'll definitely want to hear this, too. On the other side of the table, Rebecca sat upright, eyes sparkling. We've got news. We have a new arrival. For a moment I was confused, my eyes flicking down automatically to where the table would hide any sign of a pregnancy bump. But Tom caught my eye and laughed. You mean someone's moved into number one? Got it in one. Maggie thumped the table, the large rings she wore cracking against the wood. Well, not quite, Rebecca corrected her. According to Cynthia, the postman said he's been delivering mail there. Maggie was nodding vigorously, her glossy black bob swinging perfectly back into place. I considered asking for the number of her hairdresser before now, but suspected he or she was out of my price range. So, whoever's taken it must be moving in soon, she said, swivelling to face me. I bet you'll be pleased to have someone next door, Lucy. I started to reply, but Rebecca cut across me. Cynthia didn't have any details, apparently, she pursed her lips. I just hope whoever it is will make the effort to fit in. I half listened as they speculated. Truth be told, I wasn't much interested in a new neighbour. Years of living in London had bred what I considered a healthy lack of interest in the people the other side of a party wall, but clearly Tom, Maggie and Rebecca felt differently. Had it been the same, I wondered, when I'd moved into number two? Had they sat around discussing whether I was going to fit in? Whether I had anything more in common with them than membership of the village's select under-40 demographic? And when they met me, had I passed the test? 
I stopped myself. I was here, wasn't I? They wouldn't be talking like this if I hadn't. Tom had gone to a cupboard and returned with a dusty bottle with something dark inside. We should toast the incomer, he said. Anyone for a tipple? Maggie grinned. Is that? He nodded. Oh, yes. Aunt Lydia Slogin, once drunk, never forgotten. Rebecca tutted. <gasps> really, Tom? It's eleven in the morning. Besides, I have things to do. She got to her feet and smoothed back a strand of blonde hair. There is a cake sale at Ellie's nursery tomorrow, so I'll be in the kitchen all day. She gave a martyred sigh. My honey and oat cookies are in demand. I caught Tom rolling his eyes and suppressed a smile. Next to me, Maggie was reaching for her yoga mat. I'll come with you, Bex. Much as I love you all, I need to get back to the grindstone. She pulled me into a brief hug. But you should stay, Lucy. That slow gin is quite the experience.